0: Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amobi Okugo, back again with my guy L. Each week, we'll be discussing topics from around the soccer world and giving you our unfiltered thoughts and opinions. Uh, this week, we got a very special guest, Jason Weintraub, uh, writer, MLS, USL enthusiast, and co host of League One Fun. Uh, we'll be discussing Black Arrows USL partnership, MLS breaking up with USL, and then the USL playoffs. Jason, how are you doing today?
1: I like that word unfiltered. You, you might uh, you might regret that saying that around me. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how I feel in a little bit.
0: <laughs> no, no. But speaking of so um, how we kind of connected, I mean, obviously, we've known each other in the past. Uh, everyone's connected in the soccer community, but you had this tweet uh, and it really caught our attention. So you want to like give us some context to your background and leading up to, you know, what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, so I have, uh, I used to back in the day, I don't even know, I was under NDA for so long, I don't know if I can still say it, but there was a big uh, media conglomerate that was actually about to cover MLS. And at the last minute, they pulled the plug and they had actually like hired all of the staff and some of these personalities, you know, um, and I was their stat person and writer. Uh, they had sent me out to the LA Galaxy MLS Cup, I think it was against one of the Dynamo games and um, out in LA. And then it just never happened. Um, and so that was my introduction to MLS though and meeting a lot of people. Um, and then, you know, from that, I decided to kind of go towards more smaller in the grassroots and start getting into USL and really with just the idea of supporting local soccer. So not even just USL, right? Like writing, you know, for whatever, MPSL, you know, NISA, anything you know, to really try to help grow the game. And, you know, it was pretty much this is a, a passion project for me, a hobby, not getting paid. And so writing for, you know, the USL website, writing for Howler Magazine, writing for, you know, different people, you know, whatever blog, whatever podcast wanted, just to really try to get out there and get the game. And then I think because I don't rely on the pay, I can say the things that a lot of people who do write for these leagues want to say, but can't. And so it makes me a little bit more, I guess, attractive to have me uh, go and rant on your podcast and on your, uh, on your blog. So.
0: <laughs> not respect, not for sale. So, I mean, when did you fall in love with soccer? You know, you talked about getting into MLS, getting into grassroots, but for you, when did you like fall in love with soccer? And when does it,
1: as it became? Yeah, sport? it was uh so my, uh, my mom's side is uh Trinity descent. And so, uh, when Trinidad made the World Cup, um, that was kind of like my first. My family was so hyped about it, and they was uh, they and was calling 98? me. Uh, no, this was like 2006, I think it was no, when they think, made the okay. World okay. Cup. Yeah, and uh, it was it was in I think that's the Germany one, right? Mm-hmm. So that was yeah, that was the one. And then uh, yeah, all of a sudden I'm starting to get phone calls uh, from Gigicel numbers, and uh, and so. <laughs> They, they got me really into it and really got me hyped and explained how big of a deal it was. Because at the time, I think, you know, before Iceland and all, I think Trinidad and Tobago was the smallest country to have made the World Cup. Um, and then, you know, you had players in the Premier League. And so they're giving me players to watch and they're telling me people to watch out for. And so, yeah, and that was kind of my introduction to it. And I would watch. I have uh, cousins on my dad's side in Tottenham. And so I would watch a little bit of premier league, but then it was one of those things to where I was like, well, why am I spending so much time watching overseas when there's soccer in my backyard? And so, uh, that's when I really started getting into MLS and USL. And then the writing opportunities came when I was already in school for journalism, uh, ended up being, uh, a sons of Ben, you know, uh, founder when union came in and then less sons of Ben because they're racist. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, You know, moved to Atlanta or, you know, I'm from Atlanta, but um, I was living in New York for a little bit, moved back to Atlanta right around the time Atlanta United came. And so that was perfect to be a founding member for that. But like I said, there's just so much going on in soccer and just so much more of an impact you can make with soccer behind in your backyard as opposed to overseas. And I'm not saying you can't cheer for and like teams overseas, but if you really want to make an impact, you really want to feel like what you do and say makes a difference. And you want to make sure that your city is represented in the way it should be, then you put that emphasis and you put that that focus on your on your local team. And so yeah, that's how that's how I got to where I am now. No, respect. And can you talk about
0: that for this um, you know, for the sake of the conversation? You know, you talk about soccer and community, you know, Sons of Ben, uh, original founder before uh some backlash, you know, Atlanta founder, you know, lived in New York where soccer's a big community. Yeah. Like what makes a good soccer community and how does, you know, not only writing but media play a role with with with
1: that yeah so it was it was funny because i i play soccer well i used to i'm I'm old now but i uh i used to play soccer and i didn't start until college and it was because uh in the college i went to a bunch of nigerian folks was there and they was like hey we need a keeper and i was like i don't play soccer they were like don't care we need a keeper and then um I played and they're like, "Hey, you know you're actually pretty good at this." Ended up going to the US National Development Academy for a little bit and just checking that out and you know, got some looks there, but wasn't good enough because I didn't have the technical abilities. My passing's terrible. Uh, but yeah, so that was kind of the thing that was like, oh, "Okay, this is cool." And then once I moved to New York, because you're literally in the melting pot of the world, you have so many different cultures, you have so much interest. There's soccer fields all over the place. That's when it really hit me, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is dope." Because it's bringing so many people together. Now I'm learning about different cultures. Folks are inviting me out to their quinceañeras and their barbecues. <laughs> like I'm getting all the the ethnic foods I can want in the world. Like it's it opened up a world to me, not just necessarily with sports, but individuals, right? And so yeah. like I ended up playing in the New York World Cup for the Italian team, because I played uh, with an Italian guy on my semi-pro team. Their keeper got hurt a week before the tournament, and then they were like, yo, we need you to sub in. And I was like, you know damn well I'm not Italian. So then, of course, the first game, the ref, he's looking at everyone who looks 100% thoroughbred Italian. Then he looks at me, and I was like, oh, what? You don't know what Sicilians look like? You my face. (laughs) And so, but just like to have that experience, I didn't have that with anything else in my life. And I DJ on the side. I write, you know. Work corporate, but this was like an opportunity for me to to meet friends, to have this experience, and then of course all that passion and the the excitement and just the energy you see from people when you watch them cheering for their country or their team, and like it's you know it's addictive. It it becomes one of the things that you get involved in too. And so yeah, like being in New York, it was wild because it was just so much culture. And so then you know when NYCFC came and it was you know in USL now we're at Queensboro, like they they know what they're doing by, by setting that up. And there's great players that come out in New York too, right? I think Mark McKenzie's yeah. from up there, Fafa. Like there's, play, like, there's definitely players who, who are talented and need that level of jump. So it's really good to see that New York is doing that and you have teams like NYCFC building more courts throughout the city and everything because there's a lot of talent up there and it needs to be, you know, jumped up to another level and so yeah just being there kind of in the introduction of all of that it was it was a super dope time and it really got me engaged into the game
0: no that's what it's all about you know especially in new york you have the five boroughs there's so much talent there alone um so not only like Queensboro, nycfc even red bulls i feel like you know like you said you can have your own league there so yeah. uh, that's what it's all about um it's 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 hard to be uh, you know, a journalist in this space. So for someone that like is trying to get in this space, what, what advice would you have for them?
1: So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. It's all who you know. And I used to think it was only a journalist thing. I think that's just a life thing at this point, right? Like no matter what industry you in, it's all you know. So communication is key, right? Like talk to as many people as you can and and understand that like that's going to be your way, and you're know, not necessarily. You can pitch a hundred million times, and nine out of ten times you're not going to get a response. And that one of the other ten times they're going to steal it and use it for themselves. So <laughs> so in reality, is just try to talk to people and build these relationships and. If you find yourself not – if you find yourself creating content no one else is or you have a group of people creating content no one else is, then don't wait on the leagues and all the big media outlets to then try to scoop you all up and steal your stuff. Go ahead and do your own thing and allow that that fan base to grow organically because then all of a sudden if you guys have a, a blog or a podcast or a digital magazine and all these people and you're having you know watching sessions or, or live view sessions of a game and you're doing all these cool activities – People are going to notice and at nine times out of 10, if they don't have the resources to steal it on their own, they are going to want you involved. And that's how you build it up. And I think if more people did that, like when you look at things like BGN, like that network of where you have fan driven content, uh, podcasts and, and blogs, like if more people did that, then it's going to put the pressure on the bigger outlets to then come down and work with you and, and kind of what we're seeing with like USO and Black Arrow, which I know we're going to get to in a little bit.
0: No, that's great advice because I know a lot of people are looking into like how do they get their pitch
1: across? How do they, you know, start? Yeah, don't but, don't cold don't cold send your your pitch. Don't I I didn't have way too many ideas stolen uh, for me to recommend that to anybody. Like yeah, I would I would meet somebody, have a couple conversations, that they seem like they're a decent individual, then go ahead and pitch it to them. But blind pitching, you, you're just going to disappoint yourself because people will put that in their back pocket and run with it.
0: That's amazing. So, like, so say this is really interesting because you know we got a, this is a show, um, and as we try to grow, we're trying to learn too. So, say you have an idea, but you may not have the funds to like right. do it. So, what would be your approach to that?
1: So, uh, so the the idea then is you you try to look for people who maybe do have the funds, or at least allowed for you to reallocate those resources, or you try on a you don't give you don't put it all into it, right? So, you have this idea, and you say, okay. I don't have the funds to do this. Let me do bits and parts to gain some attraction to it. So then, all of a sudden, I might have people that want to that want to fund me or source me. Right? If I say, okay, now you got a little piece of it. Now here's the you have the vision. Here's the whole plan, and people go, yeah, I'll throw ten dollars at that easy. And now you're all of a sudden you have you know some venturists that are actually funding it as opposed to you having to do it out your own back pocket.
0: No, that's great advice, and definitely if anyone yeah, listening, definitely. make sure. You guys tune in. Um, and speaking of content, you know, you've done some great stuff. You know, you've done stuff with USL, Howler. Uh, but now you have your own show uh, called League One uh, Sorry, League One Fun. Uh, can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So when USL announced League One, um, to me, I was like, okay, cool. This is a perfect opportunity to start from something from the beginning. And my whole sole purpose of doing it, again, I don't get paid. I'm trying to highlight players and help them get the bag and get them up to USL Championship, up to MLS, and really try to highlight that pipeline. And I'm also trying to promote the game in this country and make it more exciting. I think a lot of it is... A lot of people tend to jump the Premier League outside of the popularity, but it's also that's where all of this content is, right? Like when you look at the the Bleacher reports, Men in Blazers, all that, like there's so much more European soccer content that comes to this country than American soccer content. So it's it's obvious to see why a teenager or a young adult would start watching that because it's just like, well, I don't have anything. To, like, why would I start watching American soccer when I don't know anything about it? I don't have any content to, to learn anything about it. And if it is, it's, you know, very just, cut and dry content and so yeah yeah, like me and ira and ira is is a like one of those people who has i don't know how he does it because he has a corporate job just as busy as me except he got a family that he'd be uh ignoring and so i don't know where he is and now he's an owner of a team so he's somebody like i'm trying to help grow the game he is growing the game he cares about supporting local soccer to the point he went out and got a usl league two team Um, and so he and I, we do this show and I mean, it it really is just to try to generate interest in this league, right? We would want someone to listen, listen to a player and and watch a game because of that. And, you know, it's it's accessible with the ESPN plus. And so if you ain't doing nothing on a Saturday at two o'clock and then, You say, oh, you know what? I heard or I saw Jason ranting about Richmond or Chattanooga or whoever. Like, let me go ahead and turn this on and see what he was talking about. And then that might lead to something else. And if not anything, at least it leads to acknowledgement. Maybe someone sends a tweet about it, and that's brand awareness. And so, yeah, that's our goal with it. We're just really trying to grow the league and trying to help these players get noticed as well. No, that's amazing what you're doing. I remember growing
0: up playing club soccer, top-drawer soccer, I mean, mm-hmm. it's popular now, but growing up, like shout out to Robert Ziegler, wherever he's at. I think he sold the company, but uh, like people like you that are doing this, you know, it, it doesn't go unnoticed. So definitely shout out to what you're doing. Um, I got a couple boys in USL League One. Who are some top talents that you would, uh, you know, if you had like a best 11? So be- if-
1: it's funny. I'm going to go ahead and plug. I actually have next well, next week's show. I'm doing my best 11 who are ready for the next level. Okay. And so these are guys who haven't played in USL Championship or MLS before who I think are ready. Um, last year, I think there was 17 players who ended up making the jump to USL Championship or MLS. Um, but, yeah, so a couple of names. Uh, Shaq Adams out of Tucson. I, I don't know what he's doing in this league. That boy is incredible, like speed, skill finishing he's got it all well i know he was drafted by nashville it didn't work out there so i was shocked to see him come down the usl league one but it's been amazing watching him all year uh so that's definitely a name to look out for because there's no way this boy should be playing in the league next year absolutely no way um and then you have a couple of other people like that are halfway so arturo rodriguez was the league mvp last year um, he was supposed to be playing with Real Monarchs, but, you know, with this 2020 season, it, nobody's getting that consistent time and format they should. So he ended up coming back down here in the league. Is every, every fan of every other team, if you're not a fan of North Texas, everyone is livid that he is back because North Texas didn't look anywhere close to how good they were last year, and they won the championship, easily the best team, dominated all season, dominated the playoffs. He's the catalyst of it. He comes back down, all of a sudden now, at the last week of the the season this weekend, and they have a chance to make the championship, and it literally is because of him. Um, So Arturo, I think, is somebody, especially in that FC Dallas pipeline, there's no way he's not going to be in MLS in another year or two. He's just absolutely incredible. Um, So that's definitely someone else to look forward to, too.
0: No, that's great. I know you can't give the whole take because you're going to have it next week, so make sure you guys tune into that. But I know, you know, as someone that writes content in the space. I wanna talk about um, anonymous sources. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Giving you you, like things to talk about, players getting mad at what you talk about. Give us that take, because I've always been interested to like, you know, get into that dynamic. of someone that, you know, writes content, um, obviously with you, you're not getting paid. So you don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about what anyone Mm -hmm. does. So how is that dynamic for you specifically?
1: Yeah. So if you follow me on Twitter, I, I usually do it more so on the off season, but I do things uh, called spicy scoops. And this is where I'm pretty much getting all this information from everyone. And it's everything from teams folding to when COVID outbreaks to coach and player fights. And to it's basically, I, I'm at the point now, I don't have to reach out for those things, right? Like people are coming to me because they know that this is their avenue of being able to to get that out. And I know with, especially with USL, MLS, but especially with USL, when a lot of folks aren't even getting paid to play, they're just getting a place to stay and some uh, food three times a week. They're not going to jeopardize their job, you know, trying to say something slick about their team or what's going uh-huh. on or the unfair treatment. So then they let me be that vessel. Right. And they're like, Hey, I'm not saying that this is happening to me, but what Your I, I, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Or it's like, it's like, Hey man, I don't feel comfortable texting this. You got WhatsApp. I'm going to, I want to send you a voice sign. It's not just players. It's everybody. I mean, it's, it's literally, it can be from people who aren't even involved in the league. It could be people that's technical staff, players, coaches. I mean, I've had even, I've had owners say things yeah. to me to where they're like, Hey, like, we don't think this is fair, blah, 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 blah. We're just trying to let you know what's going on. And we know that, you know, you try to have a neutral voice about everything going on and so yeah i like i feel like a part of my job is to bring that and and give those players a voice who can't really voice out they're in a position to where you know they can lose their job if, if they say something and this is not like a uh, a premier league or a European league, like where you're making millions of dollars. And if you like, it's not like Ozil, Ozil can say whatever he wants and he's still getting paid. That man yeah. can say whatever the hell he wants and he's still getting paid. Nobody can do that here unless you're, you know, VEA or somebody at MLS making millions. And so, yeah, it's important to to have, I think, uh, a platform to where I can get that and confirm it, right? I'm not just going to hear something and then say it widely. And I mean, one thing I I take pride in is I think out of, I probably had about a hundred spicy scoops in the past year and every single one of them has been true. I'm like, I'm not going to ever say anything unless I have at least three sources confirm what you're talking about. And so that is, that's how I go about it. But yeah, I think it's important. And you know, like NBA has watch, right? And now and everyone else who's going to try to beat watch to it but all these other leagues nfl as there's people like they, all these other leagues have that kind of thing to where if they want to leak of something that's going on that's not fair to them they can do that and so i you know i hope for me usl mls i can i can be that
2: no, yeah, i was just about great. to say that you like the watch of the usl <laughs> <laughs> get no, all the amazing. inside scoops
0: that's a that's really amazing because i feel like one of the biggest misconceptions is like there's no secret in sports where there is, and there's unique ways to get
1: information out without mm-hmm. getting information out. So uh, it's, for- it's also about unfairness. Like yeah. I, my thing is I'm like, if y'all just complaining because your food sucks, I don't know what to tell you, bro. Maybe you need to, to leave the team and try yeah. to find another spot. But yeah. like, like if, for instance, I, I went on a ramp because Orlando city B has a player and Austin Amor, who is was probably their second best player last year on their team. And he was only one of two people they brought back to OCB, right? Mm-hmm. Now I don't know what's going on in the locker room, but you would think the second best player is going to be starting every game. And I think he's played a total of 78 minutes this year or like Ooh. 90. Yeah, he's not played at all. And then the and then what pissed me off was He wasn't playing. I know for a fact USL championship teams had contacted Orlando about him. So now, and Orlando said, no, we're not not loaning him out. We're not selling him. So now you're messing up his bag, but then you're also wasting his his prime youth of development, right? Like this kid is obviously a standout star. Orlando City first team has had emphasis on him and maybe want to sign him to a a first team deal, which is why they brought him back for a second year to prove himself. So now what you're going to do is – you're not going to let him make money, but then you're also not going to let him play and get the eyes of the first team and, and help his development. And then I guess the like throw salt on the wound, the, the week that the USL championship deadline was for any kind of acquisitions, trades, loans, that was the first week they played him. So as soon, that deadline was on a Friday. He started that Saturday, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me, man!" And so it's like when that kind of stuff happens, no other media outlets going to be talking about that. Mm-hmm. And if he says something, that's going to put him in the doghouse even further. And he's not even the one that told me this was happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had three different people tell me that this was happening. And so yeah, like I think it's important to be able to put that out there. And so it puts pressure on the club, and it also lets other players know, hey, maybe I don't need to mess with OCB if they're if they you know. If if you have a, a choice between a couple teams and they're one of them, you'd be like, "Nah, I heard that their management and it's wild over there. So let me go ahead and focus on these other teams." Man, I love that
0: story, man. I've heard. There, I mean, not only heard, I've seen, witnessed, been a part. Like you literally, like so. Say you're a game bonus, you know, 15 game season, you're gonna re- reach your bonus. Once <laughs> that 14th game hits, you uh, uh you all of a sudden on the bench, and you're trying to figure out why coach doesn't want to answer your uh, your calls. He you don't want to answer when you. And that's the reason. So there's, yep. there's all these different reasons when it comes to incentives and soccer that people might not see. So when you when you have outlets that tell these stories and give explanations as to why um, it's really important because they can just say like, oh, oh, Moby must have like had gotten in trouble or mm-hmm. something.
1: Uh, no, he just is about to hit his bonus, and they don't want to pick. They don't want to have his option trigger. So, and that could affect you long run because then folks That's are going to be like, "Oh, he must be a cancer in the locker room," and now all of a sudden scouts and and other people don't want to look at you because, yeah. "Oh, well, he's not playing for a reason. He must be a troublemaker." And yeah, so no, nah, that ain't fair at all. Yeah, we can go on a whole podcast about that. <laughs>
0: another day, though. Another day. Oh. <laughs> sorry, that, that got me riled up real quick. But uh, not bad, not bad. No, nah, no, nah, you're good, bro. Uh, growing up, who are some, like, media j- journalists, influencers, uh, content creators that you kind of, like, looked up to or, like, wanted to um, connect with, collaborate with?
1: So so it's funny because I got into soccer so late. It wasn't one of those things to where, like, I was reading magazines all the time. I wasn't looking at Sports Illustrated and preparing for that. It was one of those things to where I actually was getting all my information from, like, big soccer and, uh, you know, and like you the, big soccer? yeah, I was on big soccer. And then uh, like the like when I was going to Trinidad, like the Soca Warriors, they've got their own forum. So I was on there, you know, in college and high school trying to get all that. And so it was, became one of those things to where I knew there was a disconnect between you had these major outlets that were covering. And then you had all the, the users and the people who are who are talking about it, the fans. And there was no middle ground. There was like nothing that really gave you that. Okay, the fans are saying this is what's happening, and the media is just completely ignoring it. So when it does come to, why is this player not playing, right? There's no media really talking about it. They're just kind of tiptoeing behind it, whereas big soccer, that's where you get all the rumors and the people <laughs> yeah. talking about it. And you would have somebody be like, hey, uh, throwaway account. I'm a scout here at blah, 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 blah. This is what's going on. And so. I like I was always inspired to kind of find that middle ground and so you've had websites in the past who have somewhat tried to do it but then they're also bias so like even like with the dead spin and things like that like you get the idea behind them but then depending on the writers it ends up being trash and then it you know it becomes worthless and so that was kind of my goal especially in college when when i was writing because i was actually an entertainment journalist and music so i used to write for billboard magazine the grammys cnn and it was music focused and then had met a couple people shout out to like my boy Kareeth. He, you probably know Karetha. He yeah. used to be a union beat writer. Yeah. So he was a big influence too. He was like, hey, man, yeah, go on and, and get in this game and start writing. And so, yeah, he's, like. The OG. Yeah. And OG. so. And so he he was a big he was probably the first person to really be like yeah bro you need to go ahead and and try to get into it and so I I started slowly going into sports I used to have a podcast on a complex media's network mm-hmm. um, and so I that was like one of the first podcasts I think like I would interview everybody and talk about all sports but that was the one and this is in the OG this is back in two thousand ten when podcasts were really first popping off. So it was one of the only ones I knew of where I I was talking about soccer and talking to soccer players. And so, yeah, it was always that inspiration to find that middle ground to where you were getting more in-depth content and the stuff that you really wanted to know outside of what Sports Illustrated and all the bigger outlets were telling you about.
0: No, I respect. So uh, this is my last question before L takes the, 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 the throne. But if there's one story that you could write, you know, today, what would it be?
1: Oh well, um, what, let me let I me know. go ahead and let me go ahead and tell you what that story would have been. Uh, so I was working on a it was it was a long piece featuring a lot of different people, and it was about the black experience of soccer in America, and it was talking about from a youth all the way up to a professional. And I talked to people like Coach Bulow because I got it from the coaching perspective. I was talking to players, and so the last piece of this was supposed to be with DeMarcus Beasley, right? And I talked to Houston Dynamo comms department, I went back and forth, done the runaround, got it confirmed, and they kept playing games with me. And I was like, look, I know y'all are in CCL. Y'all got this game in Guatemala. I'm going to come to Guatemala and meet y'all at the hotel to interview DeMarcus because then there's no excuse. He's not in Houston. He don't need to rush back to his family. He's in a hotel lobby, and we're going to get this done. Of course, it didn't happen. And so dealing with them and then their senior comms director reached out to me and apologized and everything. He was like, let me know the next time you're in Houston. And I was like, well, I'm actually going to be in Houston next week. Didn't hear nothing. So that would have been the, the perfect piece to write. And that was the last one. But I felt it was extremely important to get his perspective from yeah. it because he had been the idea was you talk to a coach you talk to a current player you talk to a former player but then you want to talk to someone who went through all of it and especially because yeah. of him in the process of trying to become an owner of a team and him getting his coaching license like that was the final piece so yeah that would have been the piece that would have been lovely to write but uh the houston Dynamo, since they want to throw shade and not allow for me to write that piece yeah. we didn't get it
2: yeah. I mean, you should have pulled up on him
1: I I really should have. And I like I still have everyone's email. I didn't call like and the only reason why I think their senior comms person even like reached out to me was because I either cc'd him or I called the uh, the regular comms person out on Twitter. And then obviously it got attention. And then that's I'm And that's a that's a tip I want to take to people. It's not whining. Like when people are like, oh, you just like complaining and whining, it's because that's the only way you're going to get something done in this Mm -hmm. country, especially when you're a marginalized group. Like this is not something I want to do. I would want to be respected enough to where I can email somebody and get an email back, especially if I've already had correspondence with that person. But unfortunately, that's not how that shit works here. And especially with the color of my skin, it's even worse. And so if I got to go online and complain about it, that's how I have to get stuff done. And that's what gets stuff done unless it's with the Houston Dynamo, which it just ain't going to get done. No,
0: that's a great point. You know, sometimes you just got to go, you know, sometimes you just got to go above board and with the platforms that we have now, like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, uh, all these different platforms, Clubhouse, uh, you can just go direct to the source. So, I mean, DeMarcus Beasley might not respond, but, um, it's better than having to like go through all the hoops and regulations, and now players are now speaking out for themselves. So it's like, you know what, calm said, I can't do it, but forget about them. I'm about right, to, yeah, I'm about to just yeah. because I like what you're talking about. I like you as a person. Let's get this story done. And then once it goes live,
1: oh, uh, my bad. I didn't know it, it had needed to be clear. So. Oh, yeah. I know, and I should have, I should have just, I should have pulled up at that hotel and been like, hey, Beasley, you got five minutes. They told me that we was going to, like.
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Just crazy. casually said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go to Guatemala. I'll be out there, bro. Right, I was <laughs> there.
1: I was there. I got, I got footage. I did. And he, in the, in the messed up part too was he scored and won them that game. It was like he scored in like the 88th minute or something like that. And it was wild. It was a great shot. It was a wild finish. Everybody had fun. I would have been like, this would have literally been the perfect trip had I got this interview. Like, and he would have been probably ecstatic to talk about. It, it was feeling good. Like, nah. No, yeah, I respect."
2: Yeah. It. So, like off-topic, but kind of on-topic when it comes to the Dynamo. What do you think about the new logo that uh, that leaked? Did you see it?
1: No, nah, I didn't see it yet.
2: Okay, hold on. So I'm gonna
1: look I'm I'm it up real quick.
2: Yeah, they had a new their new crest leaked apparently. Um, so, I want to get your thoughts on that real quick, just while we're talking about the.
1: Dynamo. Oh no, this one that James Harden is is uh. Yeah. It. Oh no, this looks like okay. So. You know when when white companies are making urban brands and trying to sell to black folks? That's what that looks like. That's exactly what that looks like. <laughs> that's nah, that's funny. Nah, that's nah. And it, it, it also, what is it? There is, there's another brand that I feel like has the whole letter connecting thing with the lines. I can't think of it right now, but nah. Um, I, I, as an initial reaction, I'm not feeling. All right, cool. So what? We'll, what? We'll, we'll get off then.
2: But let's let's jump into the oh, topic. So y'all are right. feeling it? It's all right. I, I saw it. It's it's better than the, the current one. I think. I feel like it. It yeah. It, it, encompass, it encompasses Texas a lot more than the current one does. So my, I kind of I, I kind of looked at it from that angle.
1: I I stay calling MLS and USL goofy ass leagues. And so my thing is like, <laughs> if you my, if, if, go all in, like I was like, as Tulsa's new logo and branding is dope, right? But I love the Roughnecks. There ain't no other place in the world where you're going to get Tulsa Roughnecks. Like, that's just, like, the most American. Like, so that's what I'm saying. Just go all in. And so, like, at this point, like, the Revs, the Revs can't change their logo. Just keep it like that for, for 100 years if that's how long the New England Revs is going to be around. Because it's it's already been 20. It's, it's, like, at this point, yeah, like, that's what makes this league different. I don't like trying to copy everybody else. And so, yeah, I don't. I didn't think the dynamo logo was terrible to begin with, but that just looks like you're trying too hard.
0: That's a great
1: point. Something fresh.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Chris. Uh, we had Kristen on last week and she said something similar, like, you know, embrace the American way, you know, yeah. I, we're like, I feel like Americans are stubborn in the sense of like, we call it soccer for this reason. Like we have these rules for this reason. Like, so when it comes to branding and identity, do that as well. Obviously take, um, have respect for the global game of football um but also keep your identity so like, like how that.
1: many how many of y'all got celsius on, on your phones right now for your temperature nobody because this right. is america right so yeah. we're gonna be arrogant enough to not follow the rest of the world for everything else why yeah. we want to do it for soccer i don't yeah. i don't get it
0: just don't go overboard and start having timeouts in soccer then we're good that's all.
1: Yeah. I or, or commercial breaks yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> right all right so let's go ahead and jump into these topics um First up, I know we talked about this earlier, Black Arrow partners with USL and Black Players Alliance. Um, so this is a first of its kind of partnership where all three groups together um, are gonna create product, projects that amplify the stories of black players on and off the field um, and bring to light the contributions that they're trying to make for both the game and their local communities. Um, so this partnership is geared towards the interest of black soccer fans as well, um, inviting them to engage in USL championship and league one playoff games um, with human interest and cultural stories along the way. Right? <laughs> so I want to get you guys thoughts on a this partnership and b um, leagues trying to, you know, I guess trying to like put their money where their mouth is when it comes to engaging the black community or engaging diverse communities um, with partnerships like this. So, Jason, you can go ahead and jump in. I know you got a lot to say. <laughs> it's uh,
1: a <laughs> ideology-wise, I like it, right? And anytime a player feels like they have a platform to where they can kind of tell their story or, or speak, then that's dope, right? And so, I mean, it, USL combining with also too uh, a black group and a black entity to to bring that together as opposed to just doing it themselves or hiring a third party vendor of, you know, people who aren't in the game and who aren't, you know, trying to promote this message. I think partnering with black arrow is a great decision because black arrow already has that intent to deliver this message to black people from black people. And so, yeah, I like that decision, but I'm going to say this. I hope they're getting paid because Unless they are getting paid, to me, this is just another performative piece because I don't think anyone is really putting their money where their mouth is unless they are physically putting money to where their mouth is. And if you're not hiring black creatives, and that's what I would have liked, right? Like, just then, if you are going to partner with somebody, I hope them partners are getting paid because what you're doing now is yes, you're creating great content, yes, you're giving players a platform, but you're also improving your own brand reputation. And so to do that off the back of somebody black is is is, is not right, right? Like it's, it's pretty much what this whole country's been made out of. It's just benefiting in uh, both monetarily and reputation and just in general off of the back of black folks. And so regardless of what the content is, I hope that some kind of payment's going on, some kind of contract that maybe where they'll start doing other creative for, you know, USL. Maybe they start doing other video series for them on the side, like, I just don't I, – again, I love the platform, love that players can speak and they can bring attention. I do think that the one thing American soccer lacks the most is personalities – Uh, especially when we talk about, you know, minorities uh, in in a black community. Like if you bring, you got to bring personalities, right? Like growing up, it was all about who I thought was most swagged out athletes. Like, so not only were they black, but it was like, oh yeah, like Iverson changed the game, right? Mike Vick changed the game. These were guys we looked up to, not just because of their athletic ability, but because they were also personality wise, just amazing ass folks. And so if this is a platform to where we can show that, dope, then we can get more kids involved. We can get more fans involved, but, I still number one priority. If you serious about this, they need to be getting paid. Straight up and down.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Yeah. I'd say shout out to black Arrow, Aaron doors, the whole team Uh, for me personally, uh, outside of the content, outside of the storytelling, I want to see some, like, I want to know what they plan on doing with that. Like how do they package it to something sustainable for the growth of soccer Uh, from a minority standpoint so um obviously if you see more stories of black athletes in the soccer space the younger guys or the guys and girls um will see like oh i didn't know like this player played soccer like i didn't know soccer was as accessible to me um over base uh basketball and football so um get more people involved in the sport get more people involved in the community that's what i want to see from this like as a way to uh Grow that, and like you said, uh, personality—that's a big thing. um I feel like soccer players are boring in a sense, like um not not soccer players in general, like European, like all those leagues. I feel like if we can get that that personality, I don't want to say like like the gossip around soccer, but the gossip yeah. around soccer—it's like that's what keeps people engaged too. Like yeah. you don't have like a a, a league page. Uh, what's this what's the, like more than stats page about soccer you don't have like those like curated channels about soccer they're starting to come up but i I feel like we need to see more
1: yeah I mean like you look with baseball right baseball was considered the most boring sport for especially the younger demographic right yeah. and they for so long were like oh it's about tradition and blah 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 and you shouldn't do that it's America's pastime they're giving up on that because they see the viewership is going down and soccer's kind of taking over that 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 market that they had so now these players are rocking these heavy ass chains now home runs we throw in the bat we're not just we're not just tossing it we are literally throwing that 30 yards and catching it into the other dugout like we're not playing so but they're and they're getting behind that now right you've seen a couple times where i know like somebody hit like a grand slam when they were up by eight runs and they're like oh well that's not part of the game they saw the backlash that got and it was just like never mind let them do what they need to do because this is a new generation coming up Right. And like I said, they're easily influenced and they have more accessibility to resources that we didn't as a kid. Right. Like reason why I didn't play soccer until college, because I probably couldn't afford it. And it was probably a pain in the ass to play because then my mom would have to drive me an hour over to a town on a Saturday morning that she ain't feel like doing after working all week. And so and it's one of those things to where now because there are more opportunities, I'm not going to say better opportunities or fair opportunities, but there are more opportunities. Now's the time to persuade that. So if we can get some personalities, and I love Josie because Josie will speak his mind and Josie will, Josie will be Josie. And so you get more players like that who, but it's all about that, like I said, that space to feel comfortable in doing that. In yeah. so, I hope that's what Aaron and Black Arrow can provide. Is this, and they say to USL, "Hey, we're going to do this, but y'all need to be aware. We are going to get these personalities. We're going to get them to say how they feel, talk about their experiences, and y'all need to be a hundred percent backing them on that. And so, and they're and not going to punish them for that because that's exactly. the opposite of what we want for this. Yeah,
2: yeah that's one thing I feel that just American soccer in general is missing is there's no LeBron James in on any level of American soccer. You know what I'm saying? There's no like there's star players, but there's no like that transcending player that every kid grows up wanting to be every kid is following, you know, buying their boots, you know, buying their Jersey. Like you you see that in Europe, like it's kind of ingrained in Europe. Like there's no star or like one transcending star out here.
1: And, and let's not act like the micro-racism wasn't existing, right? Because, like, I loved Eddie Johnson growing up. And they talked Shout about Eddie, Eddie
0: Johnson one time. Shout out to
1: Eddie Johnson. And I they talked about Eddie like a dog. And I was like, for what? Like, because he would get emo- – like, he's playing the game like everybody else was. And if he was Argentinian, if he was Italian – they wouldn't say nothing, right? They would just be like, oh, that's culturally – they they have a passion for this game and they love it. And that's oh, why fiery. they're acting like that. Right. They're fiery. Yeah. <laughs> and so – but because he's black, all of a sudden it's a problem. And I hated that. And But that's one of the things to where I feel like if players can't do that and show who they really are, we're never going to get the personalities that we need for it, for the players in this country and to have that influence the kids.
0: No, nah, you're exactly that's right. Sure. Yeah, Freddie Adu, Eddie Johnson, uh, Danny Satella – you know, you even had, like, DeMarcus Beasley at some point
1: because, you know, with some of the stuff that he did. I uh, mean, and Jermaine Jones is crazy, right? Yeah. A thousand percent crazy. I'll, I'll not deny that. But don't sit here and tell me he doesn't make us more entertaining, right? It, it may, He makes the league entertaining, whether it's for I good or you, bad. bad. Like, it's exactly, like, it makes it entertaining. Is he out of his mind? Yes. But if you give him a platform to where he can be out of his mind, you're going to get more people tuned in.
2: Yeah,
0: facts. Yeah, I mean sure. he performs on the field too, so that
2: yeah. helps as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing who who will be that like that that Neymar, that um that Cristiano like and not 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 just play style but like the way they swag off the field, the way yep. the the commercial ability of them, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like all all of those guys play overseas right now. Who who can represent America? They all play overseas. So I'm looking for somebody who can, who like in MLS or on a USL level or something who can get like that big contract and then really blow it up. So like, I guess somebody needs a good marketing team who can like really help boost them.
1: And it's sad to say this, but I think if you had like a Rashford or someone come over from Europe and let's say MLS went ahead and spent big bucks, brought in a DP of a black European player, they would probably be the one to be able to launch that to where then it's like, Oh, well, if we're letting them do it, we got to let, the other black American players do it. And so that would be the the, the launch of being able to have those personalities. But it's just sad that that's what we have to rely on because right now I doubt the players even feel like if they showed their personality, if they tried to be who they wanted to be, that they would get back by their team, that they would get back by their owner, right? Like, if you play for RSL and you know your owner is like that, you're not going to say nothing or, or nothing about race about yourself. You're just going to sit there and go, let me do my job and take my ass home because this yeah. is the kind of person I'm dealing with. Yeah, that's a good sure. point. I would say, like, you know, now you're
0: starting to see it collectively, like, as players start to, you know, speak out. Um, but there just has to be like more platforms and whether MLS has to do a better job, USL, in terms of like exposing it. So like these players like Jordans, these players like, you know, music, these players like are like involved in what's going on in the culture, but they don't they don't repost it like, you know, NBA platforms do. They don't. You
1: mean the the Black History Month panel once a year from MLS isn't enough? That's that's what you're telling me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, hey, hey, that was him that said that. Just to let you know, <laughs> I didn't say nothing on that. But yeah, exactly. So um, as as we like, you know, whether it's two cents, um, you know, what you're doing, all these other platforms that are coming out. If we could continue to speak on that and like create content around that. I think it's um definitely like even like a P.J. Tucker in the NBA. We yeah. don't even have that in a, in, in soccer. Yeah, P- and, P.J. Like, yelling, yelling was like that and obviously he's in he's in europe now right we need more but they're
2: they're out there that's the crazy thing though they're out there even even on the nwsl level like there's so many like sneakerheads, like swaggiest people you will ever meet
1: here's the part we're missing how -hmm. many black people are working for these leagues and these media outlets to where they're going to bring these ideas and they're going to be able to execute it with the players, that's what we're missing. So right. we're not going to be able to I, get them segments and those. I got my
0: phone number. I've been telling folks for the longest. I've been telling folks for the longest. Like, yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, like I can't like Kalen Carr does his movements, and they're they're dope, and they're they're really good in look depth into different cultures and different you know players and upbringings, but. It's what once every other month, once every three months, and then that's it. Every other thing else is all about gameplay and all about so yeah, there isn't a platform for these players to have that. And then there isn't a diverse team to where people can bring those ideas, right? There's like like we could talk about Yetlin's hair, like when he was with Seattle, Yetlin's haircut watch should have been something every week, like because that's what he did. That's what his art was. And so yeah it's i think a big missing piece of that is we got to get black folks into that work into that work team
2: yeah and that, that's something that we kind of want to do here at two cents um but of course you know resources time mm-hmm. and money and and then access to the players as well um is is, is very difficult but that's something we could talk about offline we could, yeah we can strategize <laughs> yeah. on how to how to blow this up uh, we
0: we'll figure right. that out for sure um yeah even like in the sense sorry I, I, this is a great topic but like in the sense of like there's no like all the like docu series content is English soccer like we need to have that here too I know you YouTube did like a three part series for LAFC but um I know Houston Dynamo did like a slice series but like we need more of those as well
2: Yeah there needs to be needs to be a yearly hard knock style show for like other yeah, teams you know stuff <laughs> yeah, like that Yeah
1: that LAFC uh ESPN uh three three six or whatever it was the yeah. ESPN plus doc that was dope and like yeah. that was a good super team dope. to do it a super diverse team you got bob and you know bob's flamboyant he ain't gonna hold back his feelings and so yeah, yeah more things like that like I enjoyed that more than the Sunderland till I died uh documentary thing so yeah, yeah you're you're thousand percent right
2: yep yeah, I think I believe Bleacher Report has something with um Kansas City it's like an academy type show okay. for like ig live or something like that uh, i checked it out but it, it wasn't anything that was like super captivating right um but we just need something with a little bit more a little bit more spice a little bit more mm-hmm. culture in it you know from a different lens
1: and consistent so, yeah, yeah, yeah
0: for sure not just, not just a one-off you're right consistent.
2: yeah so speaking of mls though um a lot of mls is well, well mls two sides have been kinda of pulling out of USL recently. So we have Union 2, Portland Timbers, and Orlando City B will cease competition in the USL at the end of the 2020 season. Um, and we have yet to see any other MLS two teams pull out. But MLS did announce a new reserve league. So it's kind of kinda of up in the air to see what, what'll happen between these these two leagues and you know the, the teams, the secondary teams that are in them. Um, so Jason, I want to get your take on what it means for both sides. You know, what is it what does it mean for USL with these teams pulling out? And what does it mean for MLS with them, you know, not having that affiliation and kind of starting their own thing?
1: Yeah. So for USL, if you look at all their moves that they've done, especially in the past two, three years, I fully think that they are planning to have a clean break from MLS and and do their own thing or at least Push, put themselves in a position to make MLS make a decision like, look, are we going to do some kind of a pro-rail? Are we going to have some kind of a pipeline system that's cemented in a long-term contract? Because when you look at USL with their academy now, uh, with the introduction to USL League 1 and USL League 2 – uh, with pro contracts, right? So now USL is trying to get the bag to where when their players go to Europe, they don't have to share it with MLS or share it with any other teams. They can get it within themselves, um, and it's already happened. And so, like you look at Orange County, you look at San Antonio; they have so many young, talented players that are on those pro contracts that I know are going to get to Europe. And San Antonio is going to be making some bank in another two, three years. San
0: Antonio or Mexico, they got, yeah. they got some, they got some talent that way.
1: Yeah, and so I think usl prepared for it and i think i think it comes down to when you look at the two teams the two major things are opportunity and money so i think a a couple of teams you're going to see pull out maybe like they just don't want to spend the money they don't want to try to they don't want to spend the money on a new stadium branding you know have a have a daily operation where they need to put fans into seats and sell merch to keep money flow going so they're just like look we'll go in this reserve league we don't have to pay as much um And, you know, with USL, you have to have like all these, you know, protocols, like your stadium has to have at least 3,000 seats or 5,000, something like that. And you have to be able to have a capital, you know, of this much as as an investor. And so some teams are like, look, we're not trying to spend all that money. We're not trying to do all that. And so they're leaving. But I do think that the other side of it is when they are leaving, I think it's going to hurt the development of players because I do think, especially with USL League One, This is your opportunity to where you're playing with people who are MLS uh, caliber, right? Like so Eduardo Sosa, for instance, for Fort Lauderdale, he's been playing this year there ain't no way that man belongs in usl league one usl championship he and was playing at mls was playing for columbus crew and just could not stay healthy right and so when he was playing consistently got hurt couldn't win his job back because they went out got dps and everything so now he goes down to fort lauderdale and he's been killing it and you can look at the talent level but the fact that a 16, 17-year-old can go into a league and play against people like him, can play against people like Don Smart, who has played in USL for an eternity right, and has that veteran experience, and, and play for these players who have played overseas and have come back. Like Richmond Kickers had this guy, Emiliano Terzaghi, who is an Argentinian who played in the Argentinian Premier League, and he's just come aboard and has killed it. And so as a 17-year-old defender, yeah, I want to play against that guy who is a veteran who has played in you know some of the best leagues in the in the in the world as opposed to playing a 16 year old kid who you know has stood out on his club squad or stood out in the academy right and that's not to say that there isn't talent there because when you look at people like Ricardo Pepe who played like 5 games in USL League 1 and FC Dallas is like oh, okay yeah now he needs to be playing MLS and signed into the contract but I do think That's what you lose out on, right? And so even though these OCB kids, for instance, are getting killed every week, they're playing against guys twice as big as them twice as experienced as them and that plays a big role in preparing you for the next level right if you're just going to play reserve kids and play everyone that's the same level as you for five straight years then how are you growing as a player right you might be the best at that level but at that level only a couple of them are good enough to move on whereas you're playing against usl championship mls guys for three years you know you can play at that level you're more confident you know you're ready and you've proven the ability that you're ready so i think that's where it's going to hurt those two teams the most and whether or not their ownership cares and they want to just have a pipeline directly to the first team that's fine but i do feel bad for some of those players who join those two teams with the ambitions of being able to make the jump to usl championship and mls
0: i mean you hit the nail on the head to be honest like uh someone if they need a consultant they need to call you because (laughs) um you're exactly right you know the player the young players i remember my rookie year there's not enough MLS two teams to have that many games and you're playing against the same guys you played in, you know, from U14 all the way to U20. So it's almost an extension of just the academy league, except now you're older. Yeah. Uh, it, obviously um, you're not quite there yet to play for the first team, or if you're getting minutes, whether it's like a half, 10 minutes, a game, whatever, you're not getting consistent minutes. Um, and you're not getting that. Like when you're playing against whether someone in the league one or someone in the championship, someone that's, honestly trying to hurt you or trying to like, you know, bully you. So it's tough. I thought MLS two would just like, I thought the MLS two teams would just have to be in USL league one. I thought they were going to try to create a partnership with that. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, so it's going to be interesting. You know, it's, everyone wants to be at the top. Everyone wants to be top dog. So I wish they could work together because, you know, world cup 2026 is coming to United States This is where we all need to come together and for the betterment of the development in the country, find ways to, uh, you know, develop the talent and not just have all control and who's going to like be in control and who's trying to do this and do that. So should be interesting. I'm excited. Uh, USL is definitely setting themselves up to, you know, make some moves with these academies. Like you said, I know a couple of young talents that are, you know, getting calls to to go some places. So it should be interesting.
1: And one other thing that you probably be able to touch on that you're not getting if you move away from USL is these players aren't getting that mentorship. Like imagine you as a 16-year-old get to play for somebody who's been playing professionally for 10 years, played overseas, played at MLS. That's someone who you're training with every day. That's someone who you're eating lunch with. That's someone who you can, you know, you're playing in the same position or if you're on the back line together, they can show you and, and teach you the things that you're not going to get playing for a reserve league with other academy kids. So- yeah, I know
0: some teams will like they'll train with the first team, so they'll they can they can get that in practice, but it's not the same like in game, like you said, like you know uh, when you have someone that's done it, uh, or it's like you know towards the end of their career, telling you like showing you the way, that's an invaluable experience and mm-hmm. hopefully help you when you get to that next level.
1: Yeah, there's a player for Ford Madison. His name is a uh, Josiah Trimingham, and he's actually Trini. So shout out Step Ups, and <laughs> he. He is, uh, he played in the Trinidadian League, came over here. And he's a center back and he's next to Connor Tobin and Connor Tobin has been in USL for, and you're telling me that that in-game experience with Connor, especially when Connor is playing in full dad mode to where he's all about positioning. And he's like, nah, you're making that run upfield. field. I'm not doing that. I'm not. And so, yeah, exactly. But that, that kind of experience, you're not going to get in practice. Like you were saying, like that kind of experience, like that in-game experience and that, that time you get with that person, not just in two hours a day, like, I think and it, it shows Josiah has been one of the best center backs of the league this year. And uh, he's somebody that I think is ready for USL championship, especially with his ability to be able to take the ball and go into the midfield. And he's big. As a big dude, and so ain't nobody bullying him off the ball, so he's ready for that. And I think him spending time with Connor though has probably been really beneficial to him because Connor, the same type of player, is a big player, good with the ball, was really that the the pivot of that back line. And so I think, yeah, that's what you're taking away though if you if you take these two teams out of USL.
2: Yeah, yeah I want to touch on real quick um, MLS's. Is- kind of reserve league and would you think the the purpose of them bringing everything in house is, is it to kind of make a a more straight shot pipeline from, (laughs) you know, the Academy to the first team or.
1: I honestly think it's money. I honestly think you have owners that don't want to spend that kind of money finding a stadium or finding you know new branding. Uh, when you look at the two teams that aren't rebranded, right, they're not really putting butts in the seats. But then you look at other teams, like you look at the North Texas, you look at uh, Tacoma, you look at these other teams that have two teams that have rebranded and kind of set themselves as a separate entity. It's possible and it works and and they're able to loan in players internationally who they might want to look at for the first team and actually get to see them play as opposed to taking a chance or having them sit on the bench the whole time. So yeah, I think it's, it's a mixture of, yeah, they just want to have a quick pipeline. They obviously believe in their Academy and believe that they don't need to have people come in on loans and find people on an affiliate team. But I also think money is a huge part of it. I think that a lot of owners are just cheap as hell and they're not trying to sit here and pay for pretty much two teams
0: yeah similar sentiments. I think it's uh control and then like you know how to be cost efficient with their with their budgets, especially uh, moving forward as um, mm-hmm. the growth of the league like how can where can they cut costs where they can you know be more efficient so yeah, and then be-
1: when you watch like Brandon Harrison getting sold for that, and he's you know coming from the academy staying, and it's like if that that's a representation, they're like, oh yeah, let's do that. Like why spend money on an affiliate or someone that came from another league? Like, now, nah, let's just do that. And but so to be
0: hard. fair, he played the whole year
1: in um uh USL championship. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when when they were a separate they were, you know, Bethlehem Steel and they tried to do the whole thing. And uh so yeah, I, I agree. I I personally don't think it's a smart decision for MLS teams, but you know, I'm not it's not Tyler my business.
0: Kyle Adams, same route, full year with the uh, Red Bulls too. Alan Clark full year with, you know, because you get those spot minutes, you know, one game, every 10 games It's you have to be a, a true talent. Even Alphonso mm-hmm. Davis, he was playing uh reserve league when he was 15. Obviously he's different. Yeah. <laughs> he's different, but, uh, but I mean, he but he played in that USL yeah. for Vancouver. Yeah. That consistent run of games instead of like playing, you might play well, you might not. And then you got to worry about why didn't I play a young, as a young player, why didn't I play? Does coach like me? Does, you know, being able to play consistently, make those mistakes, learn from them, grow
1: is is different level. I put it this way. Ricardo Pepe's been playing for FC Dallas, right? And has had there not been a USL League one, let's say FC Dallas was in this reserve league instead, and he's playing against a bunch of other 16-, 17-year-olds and you know, kids his age, would he have got that call up to FC Dallas already had he had not proven himself against People twice his age, twice his size, and shown that he can hang with them physically and he can hang with them athletically. I don't think that happens if he if he was playing in a reserve league, yeah.
0: And so, do you even know like the rules around the reserve league? Because I know, I heard there's gonna be like an age restriction.
1: I, I don't I don't know nothing. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things to where so I'll I can if you guys listen uh, to us, Ira is the one who really stays in touch with all that, and he he's a rep himself for for his clubs or his kids' club teams and everything. And so he's always looking into to the younger and the academies and everything like that. So he'll know. But I, I just I think what they're they. I I have no idea what they're going to do with the age restrictions because I know like overseas, it's like what, like a U 19, U 21, U 17. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it.
2: And I know overseas they have like, at least in in England, they have like the U 23 premier league.
1: Right. And that's, I think that's probably what they would mostly try to replicate. Right. That essentially their reserve team is this U 23. Yeah. But even that league
2: has, you know, championship, Level teams mm-hmm. that are you no, know, no, they, they're U23 teams are competing in that league as well, so it kind of it yeah. pigeonholes you if you're
0: just, strictly just combined MLS. with USL League One. I don't know what, like,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I honestly think it comes down to money, USL, because USL they said, like, hey, we have these rules and regulations you need to abide by if you're going to have a team in this league. And they were like, well, we're not trying to pay that money. And so that's where the separation's at. And USL is like, well, we're trying to make that money. So if you're not, we're going to go ahead and bring in other independent teams. And I think low key, I think that's the fans are fine with that, right? The fans aren't, especially like, even though North Texas is a well-branded ran team, you know, a two-team winning the league isn't the greatest look for the league, right? You would want an independent team and a team that has local players and, and you know built from the ground up win the league. So yeah. that's facts. For
2: sure. So let's jump into um USL playoffs. So we'll start with League One. Um, first of all, since I'm not hundred percent familiar with League One, can you tell me how the playoffs work with them? So
1: or- so regularly there would be a playoffs, so yes. this year there's okay. not. Uh, so this year like the season was cut i think there was 16 teams uh, 16 games played this year instead yeah. um okay and so only the top two teams are going to be playing in the finals um and so okay. uh right now uh greenville triumph coached by uh, john harts which is a wild thing to to think about that you know you have a u.s national team legend <laughs> play or coaching a uh, usl league one team but uh, they were in the championship last year. They fell short to North Texas. Came back this year, pretty much brought back the same team. Brought in different uh, new players to make them even better, like Alex Morrell, who's a USL veteran, and uh, Brandon Fricky, who played for Lansing Ignite. They've been dominant all year, best team hands down. Um, they just lost their first home game last weekend, um, and so they're in it. And then the rest, it, it's up for grabs. It was it was Richmond's and. Richmond, all they had to do was win like two of their last five and boy, they've been fumbling. They've been fumbling. They've been stumbling. Come on, they, really? they, yeah, they, they got the win that they needed to in Orlando yesterday and uh, a red card in like the 20th minute or somewhere early like that helped with that. Um, but now they got to go and they got to beat Chattanooga. And then if they lose, uh, then it's Union Omaha. If they win their game, they're in instead. And then if Union Omaha lose or they draw, then North Texas, if they win their game, they're in. Uh, so decision day is going to be a fun one. It's it's like uh like Al Davis said, just win, baby. That's that's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah,
2: OK, so who do, who do you think takes it? like who's who's your who's your prediction
1: for richmond fans swear i hate them because it's one of those things to where i've always like i I haven't always doubted them but i've always been weary of them and they show out they, they show up when i when i do so maybe they will like me saying this but i have a feeling that richmond's getting a draw this weekend and i think omaha might take over and i think omaha this is their first year um you know and for them to have their first year to not really get to practice because we had the pandemic and you know, there was safety protocols. You couldn't practice. You couldn't really play for them to put together the year that they have for them to be playing on a, a baseball field. That is actually like players have not complained about. And they're like, actually, this is a nice field. Like I, they, have played extremely well. They beginning of the season, were pretty much drawing every game. So just getting points when they can. And now they've really hit their stride and, I think the more fun matchup against Greenville would be against Omaha who actually went to Greenville and beat Greenville last weekend as the only team to do that all year. So if anything, they deserve that spot the way that Richmond's been messing up. But uh, I do think that uh, it's, you know, we'll see because Richmond Richmond, I just I can't call it anymore. I don't know which Richmond side shows up. Is it going to be the one who was dominating for most of the year, or the one that we've seen in the last quarter of the season? So, but I, I do have a feeling that Richmond's going to draw and Omaha's going to take advantage. But I will I will say, and so maybe five weeks ago I predicted that if Richmond lost two of those games, North Texas would come back and, and get that last spot. So, I'd do with that what you will, because uh, they've been they they've been they've been streaking it, like I told you, Arturo came back and and changed the game up, so but i i I do think that Omaha is looking like the one that can sneak in, okay, and shout out to the homie
2: Yogi from river city ninety three I've been yep. watching him spaz out on the timeline like, Elliot's not gonna Richmond. make it.
1: Elliot is not gonna make it <laughs> that boy if he's not an alcoholic already, Saturday is the day he's gonna become one for good or for bad purposes
2: <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, so let's talk about USL championship. They're in the final four, the semis. Um we have uh Louis- Louisville City FC versus Tampa Bay Rowdies and then Phoenix Rising versus El Paso. Um so I want to get your predictions on that. Like who 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 has who heads to the final and then who wins it all.
1: Yeah, so I mean I've I've been on Louisville. It's Louisville's the lose all year. Um yeah. I think it is, right? And I think they've performed well. I think they've been handling their business. I do think, though, that this game is going to be closer than people think. And you look at you know, all the writers and people online, everyone's choosing Louisville easy. I think Tampa Bay is going to make this. I can see this as a 2-1 game and uh, Tampa Bay having it and then Louisville needing to steal it late, whether it goes into added time or not. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that Tampa Bay defensively looks sound. They have players that can – Just step up out of nowhere, and I think that's what is special in the playoffs. Like I think it's important for you to be a good team cohesively, uh, cohesively. But if you can have people like a Malik Johnson who just all of a sudden decides, you know what, I'm going to sprint 40 yards, take on three people, and score this goal, then all of a sudden now you make those magic moments happen. And so I think Tampa will keep it close, but I do think Louisville's going to win 2-1. That's my cousin right there.
2: (laughs) <laughs> not not really but everybody named johnson is yeah nah.
0: no i would say i mean they might as well rename the uso championship after louisville they're in it every almost every year but um i know we're going to get into it later i i i, I was going to pick louisville to um uh, make it to the finals for sure but because of everything that's gone on in terms of like oh we're going to host we're doing this i think that's bulletin board material for tampa um, I think they're motivated. Um, shock upset. Um, okay. I hope my Louisville boys don't get mad at me, but uh, uh, I think shock upset because when you're th- talking about if we win, we're hosting. And you haven't even finished the game yet. Things tend to go the other way, so we'll see.
1: Okay, you don't think that uh, you don't think that the you know with the with their coaching that they have that kind of level like hey y'all y'all need to. Set it straight, remember where we at right now and stop thinking about the future. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, Coach had got them set up. I know, like, they're well prepared. You know, you got a good spine. Paulo, uh, who also on their squad? I hope I know uh Who's the other midfielder? You got Coven Bone. Like, their, their team is stacked. Like, their right. team, I'm surprised they don't make, like, a, a, a. Obviously, Open Cup wasn't around this year, but, you know, consistently make that, that deep run. Um, right. But I'm superstitious. So like things tend to like go differently. I just you know so my pick is Louisville, but my pick isn't if that makes sense.
1: <laughs> so you just you pick <laughs> in Louisville, but in case not, then you can be like, see, I told y'all, Louisville's gonna slip up. Nobody wanted to listen to me. I got my heads in my bets, you know. So. Right.
2: Uh, Sidebar: USL needs their own like internal cup as well.
1: Oh yeah, like, they definitely like, need to. Between, oh, yeah. between all three levels, mm-hmm. their own Absolutely. cup competition. Absolutely.
2: All right, so what about the west? We got uh, Phoenix Rising versus El Paso. Who do you guys take?
1: I I would want El Paso to win because I'm tired of good things happening to bad people. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it just feels it's one of those things to where Phoenix going and winning it all. Would be the perfect representation of America. And it's just like, we're just like, they shouldn't be there. Like, handballs didn't matter. Like, they're given points for being homophobic. Like, none of it, like, like, they should not be there. But them actually winning and then going to Louisville and winning the whole thing would be the most 2020 American thing that can happen. And so I unfortunately have a feeling that that's going to be the case.
2: What'd you say, Moby? I know you yeah. play out the west, so Phoenix, you gotta.
1: Phoenix is
0: gonna be at home. Be at home. Uh, they not- don't. They don't lose, at home. Yeah, they it's, don't lose it's- at home. El Paso plays a good brand of soccer, but being playing away, it's different. I mean, they've both their games have gone to PKs. It's going to PKs. I'll go Phoenix. Yeah. I'll go Phoenix. Yeah, just I think it's the.
1: I, I think in games like that, it's going to be defensively sound, very tight. People are yeah. going to be afraid to make a mistake. And who has the talented players that are going to hit 30-yard bangers? And when you look at what Phoenix has up front, I, I think they just have guys that can do that, right? That can just yeah. kind of make a magic happen. And that might be the, the 1-0 win, or that might be what they yeah. need. in PKs especially. They
0: haven't played this season each other. They haven't played each other this season, so it should be an interesting first-time matchup. So. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested. Um it's gonna be a good game though. I'm excited
1: to see yeah. like, both matchups and <laughs> yeah, both both these games are gonna be great. Yeah. So we'll see. Okay.
2: So I know Jason, you kinda alluded to it. You you say phoenix over louisville if that's the, that's
1: the I, that it, logically it shouldn't happen that way but i mean this is this is how i look at the world and it's just like yeah no this is that just as like i don't believe in karma i don't i don't think any of that's real i think we're just we tell that to ourselves to lie to to get over the fact that the the world is trash and i think that that is the trash scenario that is going to play out and then we're supposed to be celebrating a team who probably shouldn't have been Awarded home field who shouldn't have been, you know, like playing, like it just nah. And then we have to watch this owner with his smug ass face hold this trophy. That, yeah, nah, that just that's how I see it happening.
2: <laughs> man, man, where's Drago when you need him, to, to right? Create, like to make the peace
1: because
2: uh, he's, he's a minority owner in that team, right? Where he's like,
1: yeah,
2: he owns yeah. part of that team. Yeah, that's
0: crazy. A, uh, hands off owner, but. Yeah. I, got, I got Eastern Conference taking it. Whoever makes it from the Eastern Conference.
2: What? Yeah. No Western Conference love for you?
0: No, nah, I don't think. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I don't think this year. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right, so we'll see those games jump off with Saturday. Yeah, Saturday yeah. night. Okay, Saturday. Make sure y'all tune in. Yeah, you got um, so USL League
1: jump- One Saturday during the day, and then you got those games Saturday night. So.
2: Should be a big day. Yep. Definitely tune in. All right, so let's jump into one of our favorite parts of the show. Uh, No card, yellow card, red card. This is a Mm -hmm. rapid fire segment of the show where I'll spout off a topic and our guests as well as a Moby will give their their opinion on it based on, you know, the soccer card system. So no card obviously is I'm in agreement. Yellow card is I can go either way. And red card is I disagree or I'm not feeling it. So jumping right into it. No card, yellow card, red card. Alphonso Davies is dropped from the starting lineup against Atletico Madrid due to poor form.
1: You, we go
2: in order. Oh uh, no, nah, you can take it.
1: Okay. I, I'll go yellow card. I like it's. It's. I mean, he's been killing it, and it's one of those things. He's young, so if you want to teach him this lesson, or if you want to show him that his spot is not solidified, and to where. They play for the best team in the world, and if you're not going out there and playing the best in your position for the best team in the world for three, four game stretch or however his poor performances, fine. But if he's not playing this weekend, then I'm gonna be mad. Then it's then it, that yellow turns into a red. That's two yellows. That's a second yellow. But you know if this is if this is the lesson you want to get into early, I, I'm all right with that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna give it a yellow card in the sense of like. It's the fact that they said poor form. Uh, I haven't been watching all the games, but I think it's more that they want to keep Lucas Hernandez happy too. You know, they spent a lot of money to keep to bring him on, um, so you know you got to got to get him some minutes as well. So don't bash one player to you know bring another player in. But uh, obviously, Alfonso Davis kind of being the lesser known talent, you know, you
1: got to be a little bit more harder on him. So. Um, and I'd be I'd be interested if that's what they told him, though, like if it was yeah. poor form, right? They might have yeah. just straight up been like, hey, man, look, man, we're paying this man so much money. <laughs> and, cool. and business is business. You already yeah. know you're going to be here for a long time. You're going to end up being the face of this franchise once uh, Lewandowski leaves. Like, yeah. just take a couple days off. Enjoy, enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll be all right.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because, like, Davis is, like, literally the next Alaba on that squad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so we'll see what they do.
2: Okay, next up, no card, yellow card, red card. Phoenix Rising relinquishes its 2020 championship final hosting rights.
1: I mean, the act itself, sure, but red card for USL, even putting them in the position to where they can look like that they are decent individuals. That shouldn't even have been an option. So no, I'm not going to give them credit for doing the right thing and an option they shouldn't have had to begin with because they put themselves in that position that's like punching somebody in the face and then being like oh you know what bro let me drive you to the hospital no well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give you credit for that like, leave me there to bleed out bro either go full evil or you shouldn't punched me to begin with
0: yeah it's uh, red card i mean the whole thing was just handled so like poorly everyone's like waiting to see like all right how are people reacting let's make a decision based on that like you just be proactive in the sense of like what you're going to re- do with your responses and then make a decision and stand firm with it. Obviously um, no one's ex- expected for, you know, a player to do all that, but um, act just in your decision and stand firm. I feel like USL was trying to be like, well, uh, we didn't, you know, when they could have like, Yo, these are the rules. This is like, we don't, we don't stand for this. And this is, this is the uh, repercussion.
1: So, and I- they also did it to themselves with an owner talking about like oh i don't even need an investigation to a thousand percent confirm that this didn't happen and this is a lot like when you have idiots like that send that up then then no like obviously this was a team from the get-go that was like we don't let the league do the investigation they did it and they were like cool he's out we're done with him we forfeit anything that we deserve as far as points or home field advantage then it's like okay cool but yeah Yeah. like you said they wanted to wait they wanted to talk all this mess before any investigation even happened so I'm not about to feel sorry for nobody or not give anybody credit for for something they put themselves in
2: good point all right so last one no card yellow card red card big European clubs negotiating to form an 18 team European Premier League
1: red card like y'all don't make enough money just like was just let us watch soccer man and stop trying to squeeze every nickel and dime and exploit people like it's, it's getting annoying the fact that like I have to watch Champions League on a different platform than Europa on a different platform than Premier on a different sure. platform. Like it's a like it's 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 taking the fun out of the game, man. Just let the players play and and stop worrying about making so much damn money. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> now I know why some of the English fans are like when hate when American owners come into the fold because everything's just money, money, money. But uh and then also another shout out to the spanish channels my spanish is getting so much better because that's where i watch all my uh yeah. soccer now because i gotta i gotta get a cbs all access i gotta get MB, nbc i gotta get t like nah i'm not dealing with that so um nah it's like we already watched champions league just make the top four if you want to play against the top european team um so that's that's my take
1: yeah. And then as a player, imagine you playing in that and you get hurt and now you messing up your money just because they was greedy and wanted to make more. Nah, it's not
0: worth it. Yeah. You got this. You got ICC that's trying to do like, like, it's everything's too much.
1: Yeah. I mean, they want these players to just play year round, not have no kind of time with their families, no kind of time off. And it's going to tear their bodies apart. They're going to end up having NFL running back careers where they're going to have to retire at 27 years old. Like, it's not, it's not fair.
2: Yeah fair point fair point so that wraps up no card yellow card red card but we're going to jump right into Premier League uh, predictions for week 6 so um, what I'll do is I'll read off the teams and you guys just say where the, who you think will win win lose or draw simple as that we typically do the top 6 teams as well as maybe those other teams who aren't top 6 but maybe top of the table okay. like, that, like the Aston Villas and whatnot. Um, so first up, we have West Ham versus Manchester City.
1: Oh, Man City, they they taking that one. Yeah, and Man City played well yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, I got Man
2: City taking that. All right, now we got Man United versus Chelsea. Mm.
0: This question for you because you already know my answer.
1: Go on, Chelsea. Hmm. <laughs> See my Chelsea Like offensively Chelsea's fine Is I don't I don't know What's going on Like We expected like I expected their game Last week to be A defensive game And it was what Like 3-3 If I Like So I don't know What's going on But then I also know Don't know about United's finishing So I'm gonna <laughs> call this one I'm gonna call this one A draw I'm gonna say that This one's gonna be Like a 2-2 draw Okay A you, man You's definitely Getting a penalty <laughs> uh, so I'll, if I can do a side, because you know I'm a gambler, so I'm yeah. gonna go ahead right now and tell my bookie yeah, probably. yes, yeah, probably kick plus 250. I'm putting money on that for sure. So United is definitely getting a penalty, but yeah, I think uh, I think a two-two draw is looking good. Yeah, speaking Leo of Fernandez, we miss
2: a, and retake.
0: you yeah, might need to open up a, a two cents little daily fantasy thing. You know, sports betting is That's a good shout. That's a good shout. It's not a
2: bad idea.
1: I'm, I'm open to all delinquents to join me in this journey. I, I damn near had a heart attack uh, betting on uh, Copa Libertadores yesterday. Um, I had, had a parlay and had all these bets, and team is up by one. They're up a man. There's 10 minutes left. I'm like, I'm, I'm already thinking about where I'm going to go get my steak dinner. <laughs> Give, they gave up two goals in nine minutes. Damn. And I was like, while up a man. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm literally about to throw my television out off the balcony. And then they went ahead and just scored two goals in extra time like <laughs> there was nothing to win the game. You know, like like I knew was going to happen. So, yes. So, Delanquist, come join us. <laughs> responsibly, though,
0: you know, a frugal athlete, gotta got yes. to tell yes. people, you yeah. know.
2: <laughs> always always bet responsibly. <laughs> All, right. All right, next up, we got Liverpool versus Sheffield United. Ooh.
0: Hmm. Uh, If Sheffield United Was a better team I would say Because of what happened Like The effects of like Playing without Van Dyke, But Liverpool's taking it
1: Yeah I'm looking I'm looking right now To see when all the subs Happened for Liverpool uh, Yesterday Yeah so like Salah, Mane They all got subbed out In the 60th And yeah So I'll I'll give it to Liverpool I think it'll be close Like a 1-0 But Liverpool They'll squeeze it out you definitely got
2: that betting man's logic right. Yeah. There. Oh yeah. No, trust me. <laughs> all, I mean, all these, all these picks from a betting be man's I've been looking
1: logic. up weather reports. I'm like, oh, heavy rain. Let me go see what the under looking like. Like, I... <laughs> all
2: right. Next up, we got Southampton versus Everton. Mm.
0: Everton, top of the table. They they staying
1: on form. Yeah, you can't you can't go against them until they give you a reason not to. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Everton.
2: Wolves versus Newcastle.
1: Wolves. I'm going. Okay. Wh- so, where is it at? Is it at Wolves or is that Newcastle?
2: I am not sure. I think no it's fair. at Wolves because it's first.
1: Say, <laughs> so, okay. No yeah. I'll give, I'll, I'm going to go draw okay anyway. i don't i don't trust wolves i just don't trust their defense and i did i just feel like they just haven't gotten it together the same way they had it last year and like yeah. leeds game they definitely should have lost that Fulham game they what won like 1-0 and could have like so i don't i i just don't 100% get it and newcastle loves games like that to where it's just like you overlook them and they put that 1-1 in so I, I'm i'm gonna go ahead and say draw
2: okay Got Arsenal, Leicester City.
1: Hmm. I you, think I'm a big Arsenal fan. You're you're a big Arsenal fan? Not me. L. Ah, L. Oh well. That in that not case, people. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Is Vardy going to be playing? Because I know he didn't play today. Um, so. Sure. Yeah. So I, if Vardy, if Vardy plays. I'm going to go Leicester. If he doesn't, I'll go Arsenal. Yeah, I'm
0: going tie. 1-1. Okay.
2: And we got, last up, we have Burnley versus Tottenham.
0: Kane and Son can't stop scoring. Um, They're getting up these late leads, though. Um, I'll go... Burnley plays good soccer, though, too. Uh, Nah, Tyner. They'll bounce back.
1: Yeah, they. I mean, I'm supposed to be a Tottenham fan with my family there. Um, It's one of the most frustrating things in my life, and I decided to not go about it because I've already got too much stress. But, yeah, like you said, Tottenham keep on scoring, and I don't think Burnley has the firepower to catch up where if Tottenham goes up 2-0, I don't think they're going to come back and tie it up 2-2. So, yeah, I'll go Tottenham. All right,
2: cool. So those are our predictions for week six. Be on the lookout in the future, maybe for the two cents sports book show. Yeah, you got to write,
1: you you write them down because you know I'm gonna <laughs> talk trash on Twitter if, if I beat y'all.
0: If the over under parlays and all that. <laughs> I'm big
2: yeah, on the so that, That's it.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yo, Jason, thank you so much for. Uh, yeah, no, thanks for having me. Uh, really love what you're doing. Um, for the people that may not know what you got going on um where can they find you where they can where can they connect with you all that
1: Uh, i'm at at home sweet soccer on twitter uh i have a blog that i haven't updated in a year just because life is life in but um you can also hear me on usl league one and you can see some of my articles on the usl website
0: no respect yeah so we definitely have that in the show notes that's our show for this week
1: L, I think we just hit episode
2: 20 um so That's episode 20 man that inaugural season
0: had, yeah inaugural season we definitely got to do something for that um uh, subscribe rate and review it helps us get discovered um i think we broke a rec- record last week i think we're gonna break it again this week follow us on the socials sure. at two cents fc check out our merch at two cents sports.shop rocking it right now it also helps support the show and tweet us your comments on the show and any topics you want me or L to discuss Once again, Jason, uh, this podcast was amazing. I feel like we can go another hour, uh, but we got things to do. You got things.
1: We'll do it offline. We'll we'll, we'll take over offline.
2: Yeah. But, yeah, that's it. So catch y'all later, every Friday. Peace out, y'all. Peace. Peace.